You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville local lead pastor, Joe Couillard. All right. Well, good morning. In the back, that's, that's what's up, that's what's up. Let's do that again. Good morning, church. How's everyone doing today? Cool, we are committed to it. I am all there for it. Um, yes, yes, it's good to see everyone. I'm looking forward to, we're looking forward to teaching on worship. Hey, we, Jeff kind of introduced himself. I'm gonna introduce him. You're, you're walking away. Don't, don't do that. We're supposed to be doing this thing together. Anyway, um, this is Jeff Spears, right? And Jeff Spears is the worship pastor down in Simpsonville. Uh, it's a faraway land. That is so far away um, across anyway, <laughs> but uh, he's a worship pastor in Simpsonville and I have had the pleasure of knowing Jeff for quite a while now. We, we years ago, somehow I managed to convince a group of high schoolers to meet at six o'clock in the morning at Starbucks to talk about worship and to, uh, to talk about just worship ministry and all that. And we went through like this, like graduate level book <laughs> called renovation, of the heart and, uh, Half of it probably went over my head. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. And, um, and then little did I know that through that relationship that Jeff and I would be working together uh, so closely. And I've got to tell you, I'm, I, I just love Jeff. He, he's a man of God. He's a man of character. Um, and what's really cool about today is that Jeff doesn't actually get a lot of opportunities to, to, to speak. Uh, this is your first time speaking in this kind of context. Yes. First time talking to anyone over the age of like 17. So, Which I'm uh, <laughs> way over that age, so we're good. <laughs> Just a couple years. Yeah. So anyway, so Jeff is going to be, uh, we're going to kind of be co-teaching on worship. And let me tell you this, we were in the Proverbs series. I had a great sermon. I've been working on it for about two weeks. Um, it, was, it was great. There was a lot of great like truths in it, good, good wisdom nuggets and all like that. And apparently that sermon was for me to be able to figure out how to make wise decisions because we are not talking about that Today, um, what actually happened is going into this Sunday, and I, and I, I have permission to share this story. There was a, one, of, one of our guys on the, on the worship team had kind of a major family thing that happened. And, you know, there's a lot of times in church world where you have the option of, of saying, hey, I believe these things. But then when you have examples where you have to kind of prove that you believe these things, uh, that's, that's, where, that's where you actually demonstrate your, your understanding of those things. And so he was explaining a little bit that he had a son that was in the hospital, and I was like, listen, man, don't be here. Don't be here. Uh, I was like, we'll figure out Sunday. Don't be here. Be a dad. Uh, be a father. That's, that's what's most important. And so we put our money where our mouth was, and, um, and so anyway, so we had to kind of pivot some stuff and all like that. But in, in all that, I was like, well, Jeff Spears, you're going to be here today. He was scheduled to be here today. I was like, I think it'd be great if we talked about worship. And so that's kind of how that went. I, I called up Jeffrey. It started as a joke, and then <laughs> it happened, so. It was, it was a phone call. I was like, hey, man, how you doing? And, and you said. Well, are you going to ask me to speak now or something? And then. Uh, I was like, well, yeah. actually, it's, that's exactly <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm calling him. <laughs> and so anyway, so today we're going to be talking about worship because at Renovation Church Greenville, we have not actually had a Sunday where we've spoken about worship or corporate worship, right? And so, so today we felt like, if I can log into my iPad, here we go. Uh, we felt like it would be kind of important to be able to talk about uh, worship because this is the reality is that if you're a follower of Jesus, 
you engage in worship all the time. Um, actually, if you want to go back to it, I even feel like that even if you're not a follower, you worship something, by the way. Maybe you may be worshiping yourself, uh, you may be worshiping money, you may be worshiping a job, uh, but you, everyone worships something, right? And so that's why it's so important for believers to be able to have clarity when it comes to this, this topic of worship. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So in order to talk about that, we need to talk about what worship is not limited to, right? So Jeffrey. Yeah. Here you go. Um, and we were kind of thinking through how to describe this, and it was like, well, let's talk about what it isn't first. And so I think there's a lot of misconceptions we can have um, just because we hear that word, especially if you've been around the church a lot, you hear the word worship a lot. Um, and so uh, the first thing that it is not, it is not a role on a church staff. Um, so worship is in my job title, but I'm thankful that um, the Lord put a passion for worship in me way before um, that happened. So I mean, in, in middle school, high school, and just growing up in general, I had tons of opportunities to worship with other people and kind of just be in the presence of God and um, kind of understand the weight of what that means, um, to be overwhelmed by the truth of the gospel and for our response to be worship in that. And so that was super formative for me growing up was just those corporate times of worship and um, on my own, but mostly with people at, at that point. Um, and so now that it isn't my job title, I'm, I'm thankful that the passion was there before. Um, so it is not just a role in a church staff. Second, it is not a personality type. I think a lot of times we think of, of people that are really engaged in worship and we think, oh, that's just the, the more emotional people or the super energetic or the uh, more outgoing people, charismatic people. Um, but we know it's not just a personality type. Um, like Joe said, we, we all worship in some way um, or another. So, and the third is a genre of music. Now, I know if you go Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, you will find, probably find a genre called Christian worship music. It's actually inspirational. Um, is, is that what it's actually I think, it, I think it's actually inspirational. So that's so today we're talking about what is inspirational music. No, um, we're not. We're not. Um, no, it is not just a genre of music. I know there's that's often grouped that way, um, but we know we're going to talk about more. Just our our whole lives can be worship. Um, and lastly, it's not just a Sunday morning service. So this this time that three song set in the in the beginning of every Sunday. Yes, it is worship, um, but that is not all that it is. And so. What we want to kind of focus on today is that our lives can actually worship, and the way that we surrender everything in our lives, our own desires, our own plans, um, and surrender that all, all to the will of the Lord, um, and then aim to live in a way that is holy and acceptable to him. Um, and one thing that's kind of been highlighted to me uh, recently is, is really repentance being worship. Um, and it's a, it's a spiritual discipline I think we neglect a lot, and I know I have a lot of just confessing our sins to, to God and to one another and, and turning away from those um, and completely turning around and focusing on what the Lord has called us to do. Um, so prayer is, is an act of worship. There's, there's all kinds of acts of worship that we will be talking about. But um, yeah, that's kind of just a list of things that it's not. So we've talked a little bit about like what worship is not limited to, right? Because, and, and by the way, you're, you're participating in, in worship right now, like corporate worship, right? Like that, 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 that is all of us together. But, but it's probably good to talk about what is a good working definition for what worship is? And the best definition that we've been able to kind of uh, like find and all like that is this. Worship is a dialogue between God and his people, a rhythm of revelation and response. Worship is a dialogue between God and his people, a rhythm of revelation and response. Uh, th this is so important because if you look at scripture and you look at how humans have interacted with God, you always see that, that God reveals himself, like he initiates things, right? And then, and then all of a sudden there's a response from, from humanity, a response from people back to God, right? And so this, this idea of like God re revealing himself to us, like what's the foundation for some of that? And so how has God revealed himself to us? 
Um, first of all, God has revealed himself in the garden. So Genesis chapter one and two. Have you guys thought about this? That God could have created the world, created humanity, and then just said, cool guys, set and forget, you know, like, like, and just been distant from the whole thing. But instead, he chose to reveal himself to us. He chose to be in relationship with us in Genesis chapter one and two. And that's, that's a pretty significant thing because we don't have God who's, I think sometimes our picture of God is, is so warped. Like we have him like being distant or like kind of like away from things, right? But that, that's, not, that's not the God of the Bible. That, like God wants to be in our lives. He wants to be in relationship with us and he revealed himself to us, right? Second, God revealed himself through his word. This is significant, this is significant. Imagine trying to understand God without his word. And that, uh, you'd, it'd be impossible. We'd, we'd never have an idea of the characteristics of who he is or, or his nature, right? And so God reveals himself through his word. Through reading God's word, we get to know who God is. Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture is inspired by God, and it's, it's important to remember that, especially nowadays, because I, I feel like that, that there's times in which I meet uh, believers that want to like cut out sections of the Bible or say that like this part's not as applicable or whatever. No, this is all inspired by God and helps us understand who God is, right? God revealed himself through Jesus. This is massive. This is massive. We talk, like our mission here at Renovation Church is building disciples to go make disciples. Well, what are we disciples of? Like we're not disciples of a church name. We're not disciples of this idea called uh, organized religion or anything like that. We're disciples of Jesus. We follow Jesus. And so by following Jesus, we have a template for how to live our lives, how to engage with other people, how to, how to love our neighbor, right? There, there's this uh, famous ph uh, philosophy guy, theologian, by the name of Dallas Willard. I love his definition of following Jesus. He says, um, following Jesus, what would Jesus do if he were you? I'm gonna say that one more time. What would Jesus do if he were you? And it's a great starting template for figuring out how we need to follow Jesus um, and, and really follow the Lord, right? Number four, God reveals himself through creation. Uh, I'm gonna read this verse, Romans chapter one, verses 20. Um, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his external power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. I don't know about you guys, but when I walk outside, most mornings actually, and most evenings, I'm completely overwhelmed by God. I'm overwhelmed by, wow, this is crazy. Like, this is, this is amazing, this is beautiful. Like, you, you hear the, the, like, nature starting to spin up, you, you hear uh, at sunset, nature's starting to wind down and all like that. And you don't, you can't look at all that and say, yeah, that happened by accident. <laughs> I'm a father of five kids. Um, I'm a father of five kids, and my house, more times than not, is chaos. Um, as opposed to controlled chaos, right? Because you never actually hit anything other than that. It's either chaos or controlled chaos with five kids. And I've never had my house 
be in disarray and then magically, without anybody doing anything, all of a sudden it just is cleaned up. Like it magically is put together, right? Like that's never happened. There always is like, whether it's me or whether it's Laura Beth, encouraging the kids to say, hey guys, it's time to clean up the house, right? Um, that's how that works. And in the same way, we can look at nature and say, this didn't just happen by accident. Like, there, ha- there was intelligent design here. Like, there, th- like, obviously, we know that, that God did something here with this, right? And so that's how God reveals himself to us. But the question is, what should be our response? What should be our response? And there's a response that we do together, and then there's a response that we do individually. And, and we're gonna kind of talk through what the together response is. We have a together response. Now, there are people, um, I'm, I'm gonna call out Alan. Alan is way smarter than me when it comes to word studies and all like that. Sorry, I'm calling you out, Alan. Um, <laughs> but in the Old Testament, um, in the Old Testament, there's not really, a, like this word that we have for, for worship, there's not really a great singular representation of that. Like we, we kind of clump in a lot of different words that kind of mean this thing. Um, but in the Old Testament, in the Psalms, there's not really a great representation of that, of that singular word that we've, we've kind of morphed into uh, a lot of different responses, right? And so I'm going to talk a little bit about some different responses that we can have together to the Lord. But listen, this is like a planet fitness. It's a judgment-free zone. It's a judgment-free zone. So as I am talking through all of these different things, do not feel like that you're being judged about a response or, man, I don't respond this way. This is totally a judgment-free zone, right? Um, it's Planet Fitness or, like I like to say, the, the, the Fountain Inn food line, which is also another judgment-free zone. But um, you can walk in with pajamas. Nobody cares. Isn't that just Walmart? That's Walmart. It's, it's great. It's great. It's truly judgment-free. So let's talk about... <laughs> Let's talk about some various ways that we can respond to God, right? First way, we can boast or brag on God. We can boast or brag on God. And, and, and as we're going through these passages, you can see all the different um, kind of references and all like that to kind of explain all this. J- j- because I, I want you to know that this is not just found in one place, right? Um, but we can boast and brag on God. Like if we sang this song, this is my testimony from Death to Life, right? When we give testimony of who God is, we're boasting and bragging on God. We're saying, like, God did this, and we were able to receive it, but God did this thing. And it's throughout the Psalms, you see that we can just brag on who God is, right? We get to boast on who God is, right? Um, second, we can dance. Now, I know that's controversial, all right? I know that's, con- I, some, some of you guys are like, what? what, we can dance? But you see that all throughout the Psalms, we can dance as a means of responding to God, right? I love this passage. Psalm 35, verses nine through 10. Then I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be glad because he rescues me. And this is the part that's pretty fantastic. With every bone in my body, I will praise him. With every bone in my body, I will praise him. This is not, this is not like a, a polite kind of like, like sheepish kind of response. This is a major response. With every bone in my body, I will praise him. And, and I, I love that language there. Um, it's, it's appropriate to, like you, you'll, see, you'll see during corporate worship, like real talk, I move around a good bit, right? I'm, I'm moving around. 
it's okay. It's biblical. We're, we're okay with it, right? <laughs> and it's okay to respond to the Lord in that way too, right? We can clap. Um, it's, we, we encourage you guys to, to clap in corporate worship. You guys participate in that way. We can shout. We can shout like a war cry. Now this, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. Now let me tell you this. Let me give you an example. If I came up to you and I said, and by the way, I'm not gonna do this because I, well, I can't do this. But let's say I came up to you and said, hey, listen, I won the, uh, I won the jackpot. I'm gonna give you a million dollars. First of all, you'd probably be like, Joe, there's no way you won the jackpot. <laughs> but let's say you believe me. Your response to receiving a million dollars wouldn't be like, oh, man, like, thanks. Man, like, I know I'm gonna be set for life, but like, thank you, thank you, you know? Like, if I told you that you had a million dollars, your natural response would be like, woo, right? Like, you'd be excited about what's going on. Well, by the way, that response to the Lord is biblical. It's okay to do that. It's okay when we hear about good news. It's okay for us to shout in response to, to, for us being grateful to the Lord, right? And I know that sometimes that, I know that in different sections of things and all like that, that can be misunderstood, but it's fully appropriate to respond in that way, right? We can sing, Actually, in the New Testament, the primary response in corporate worship is singing. We have a singing faith, and it's okay to sing. And, and honestly, today, I was so blessed. We, we, have, we have crowd mics right up there, and so we get to hear you guys and all like that, and I was so blessed by this morning. Like, it, it filled my heart to hear us singing together and singing praise to our God. It was such a good thing this morning. Uh, we can play instruments. Hey, cool, I still have a job playing guitar, but... Um, we could play stringed instruments, right? Psalm 33.3. We could sing a new song, uh, and we can sing a new song, and sometimes that's perhaps under a spontaneous prophetic anointing. We, th- this is, we can unpack this for a long period of time, but we is fully appropriate to sing a new song to the Lord. And by the way, it's actually a good thing. I, I don't know, some of us get concerned about like our singing voices or, or how we do things and all like that, and I would encourage you just just every now and then, just take new ways of expressing to the Lord and just sing a new song to God. It's a, it's a great thing. It's important for you. Um, we can kneel down, Psalm 95, 6. I love this. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We've talked about a lot of responses that were big responses, right? We could shout, we could do this, we could do that. Um, but there's also these reverent responses that are fully appropriate, that we can, we can kneel down before the Lord and, and recognize that body posture. There's so much that's important about posture, but when we have that body posture of kneeling down before the Lord, we're saying, God, you're in charge, right? Like we're, we're submitting ourselves. That's, that's why we, we lift our hands in worship, right? That's why we extend our hands like this in worship because God, we're saying, God, we surrender. We surrender what, to what you want, right? We're praising you. And that body posture is so important for our heart posture. And then number nine, I try to go through these as quickly as possible. We can worship in silence. I love this passage. Psalm 4610 says this, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The reality is, is that God does not need our praise. That's the reality. Like we get to praise God, but God will be honored by every nation God will be honored 
throughout the world, regardless of if we're participants or not. Actually, in the New Testament, you see that the rocks would cry out, right? If we were all silent, the rocks would cry out to worship God, right? And, and that's a very important piece because sometimes it's most appropriate to be silent. Sometimes it's most appropriate to be still. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know when was the last time you took a car ride in which you did not have a radio playing, you did not have a podcast going on, you did not have anything going on, but you were silent and still. By the way, if you do that with other people in the car, they get super uncomfortable. <laughs> they get super uncomfortable. But there's something that's beautiful about that, and, and we can choose to, as followers of Jesus, to be still and deep in our soul, know that he is God, and that is a very, very important um, rhythm for things. This is what it boils down to. Much of our, what we understand about corporate worship and what, what we do on Sunday mornings, most of it is cultural and not necessarily biblical. Most of it's cultural. Like we bring in cultural thoughts or cultural baggage or cultural ideas of like, hey, it should look like this or it should like the, look like this or it should look like this. And really the reality is that the Bible really kind of expresses how we should engage with God in a corporate response in, in a lot of different ways. And so I... Now, I've got to pick on you. Um, so, Jeff Spears is a Gamecocks fan. Oh! Oh, that's, a, that's embarrassing, because that's the opposite that, of the truth. That was unexpected. <laughs> that was unexpected. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I feel like I should apologize to you. I feel like I should apologize to myself. <laughs> so, actually, unfortunately, the exact opposite. Not unfortunately. Unfor maybe. I don't know. Maybe. The exact opposite is true. Jeff Spears is a massive Clemson fan. So, like a massive. Hey, uh, so, hey, we hey got some, we got, there we go. In the back, I, I heard that. I felt that. Um, I don't care about college football. I just make fun of everybody. It's it's great. So if Clemson loses, he'll make me hear about it. But he probably doesn't even know that the game happened. I he just heard know. that they lost. So. I didn't even know it happened. But it's funny because like. Jeffrey is such a Clemson fan that if I, like, let's say I just like, just like a gentle shot across the bow, like just like a gentle like, hey, you know, Clemson, blah, 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 right? I mean, you just feel it. It's like this, I will defend my Tigers, right? Yeah, so I don't know if everybody knows Lucas Paul and my now brother-in-law, but I, uh, I found out probably about a year ago <laughs> that, um, he, he told somebody, he was like, if I don't feel like talking for a little bit, I'll just go up to Jeff and just say something about Clemson football and know that he'll just talk forever and I want to say a thing. Um, <laughs> so when I found that out, now I noticed myself doing it. I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm just, just going <laughs> to stop for a second. But the reality is that like, you're like a major, major Clemson fan. And let's say, let's say that, I don't know, we're, we're attending a game. We have to use our imagination in big ways. Okay. We have to use our imagination in big ways. But let's say we were attending a game, and there was a like a goal-winning touchdown that like completely changed the outcome of the game. Your response would be I'd probably just sit there quietly and be. You'd be quiet, right? Yeah. No, uh, no. I'd I'd probably scream and probably raise my hands, probably freak out and be a little embarrassed. But I would fine. be embarrassed. <laughs> I, actually, that, the reality is I would be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed for my friend Jeffrey and his response to how awesome this is. But 
but this is kind of an important thing, and, I, and I've seen this metaphor get misused a good bit. Like, like somehow it's like placing on people that like you have to respond always in this way, or you have to be like, like da 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 da, right? And that's not that's not what I'm trying to 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 talk through. What I, what I want to talk through is there is when you hear good news, there's a natural response that happens. Like there's a, a thing that wells up inside of you, and I kind of use that as a how do I handle good news? And if I handle good news in this way, then when I'm engaging in corporate worship, well, I'm, I'm singing about good news. I'm singing about the best news. Actually, like, like, there's so much that can come and go, right? But this is, this is my eternity. This is, this is everything, right? And so, every, so my response should be something major, right? And so it's a great way to kind of think through what our natural expression should be. And I'll talk more, a little bit more about that later, so... But we have an individual response. So, Jeff? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I know for me, kind of going off what Joe was saying, for me, in times where I'm honestly struggling to engage in worship, I'd have to recognize in my own heart it's probably an a, a issue in my own heart of a view of the gospel. Like, maybe I'm not viewing the gospel with enough weight on the fact that I was dead, but now I'm alive in Christ. And when I'm able to do that and kind of posture my heart in that way, it completely changes all of that. Um, so, yeah, we have an individual response. We talked about kind of together and what it looks like corporately. Um, which I, I kind of expressed earlier that for me it was, it was times of corporate worship, um, that, that together aspect that really shaped my walk with Christ a lot um, through middle school all the way through college. And um, I, I had tons of, of really formative moments of worship with friends and family where um, we just got to be overwhelmed by the presence of God and who he is and what he's done and um, really just fixing our eyes on the cross. Um, and so that was incredibly formative for me in my walk with Christ. But um, just as much, if not more so, was times of, of worship on my own, that time where I'm letting the Lord just transform my own heart. Um, and, and so for me, that, that a lot of that happened my freshman year. I went to Clemson, which is part of the reason I'm a big Clemson fan. I was a fan before. Part of the reason? It's a big reason why I'm a big Listen, Clemson fan. Listen, he was a Clemson but, fan way before that. So yes. I totally um, but <laughs> my, my, freshman year, <laughs> my freshman year, I got there kind of expected to uh, have this instant community, um, just because that's what you kind of imagine when you, when you go to college, and that didn't happen. Um, but also in that time, it's when I, I felt like the Lord was calling me to ministry, but I was majoring in marketing, but felt like I was supposed to be at Clemson. Very confusing time. Did not know what was happening. Um, but it was in that time that I learned to rely on the Lord more than anybody else. Um, and so it was in those times that, that that verse we read, Psalm 4610, I'd be still and know that I'm God, that became very real to me, um, where I had to have these moments of literally just sitting in silence and letting the Lord transform my own heart, my perspective, and, um, and all that I was kind of Dealing with my own mind, um, the Lord transformed that in those moments. And sometimes it'd just be silence. I'd just be sitting and, and trying to do what it says, be still and know that I'm God. Remind myself of who he is, all he has done. Um, sometimes it'd be with worship music playing or me playing it myself or whatever it may look like. But it was in those times that that transformed me. And so that's kind of the first idea with our individual response is to let God transform you. Um, in Romans 12, uh, 1 through 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So in this, with going back to the definition of worship we talked about earlier was a rhythm of revelation response. The revelation we see here towards the beginning is um, reminding ourselves of what God has done for you because of all he has done for you. Um, that's, our, that's the revelation. Our response in that is to offer our whole person to God, our whole selves, our mind, body, soul, uh, strength, everything as a living and holy sacrifice that he would find acceptable. 
Um, so in that, we see that we can be transformed the way we think. Um, so we're letting God transform us, which is something cool we see in verse two. It says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Um, that, that reading that and kind of studying that the past couple of days reminded me of 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, so the change doesn't start with doing something different. Just thinking something different. So a lot of times I think we can try behavior modification, but, but really what it is is, is changing the, our mindset um, and changing the way that we look at God's truth and, and reminding ourselves, even when I don't feel like worshiping, I'm gonna remind myself that God is good. I remind myself of the gospel and what that means for me every single day. Um, so worship may not always change the things going on around us. Um, and in that time, my freshman year, it didn't change my circumstances, but it changed my perception of that. Um, and I saw the, the beauty of what it was of me coming to know Christ is in a very personal way. Um, and so that's a lot of times what worship can be is, is letting the knowledge of who God is transform us. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of our mind nav- navigating instead of heart navigating. Um, so one thing that I, th- I thought of when this is Jeremiah seventeen nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I think a lot of times we try to... Uh, Focus on the way we feel in a lot of things. I mean, like, like we kind of talked about, we have to remind ourselves of God's truth. Um, and, and I encourage you guys, look up the promises of God. Um, go home, just do a quick Google search. You'll find endless verses, uh, just promises of God that we can cling to, that we can rest in, in, in those times where we're like, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it. And then we remind ourselves of his truth, remind ourselves of the gospel, uh, and, then, and then all the other ways he's been faithful throughout our lives that we can look back on. I promise you, we'll be able to find all that. Um, so yeah, that's the first one is kind of letting God transform you. And the next is keep your eyes on Jesus. And the gospel has to be our focus. The cross has to be our focus. Um, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So because of the gospel, because of what Jesus did, we have access to what this passage calls the most holy place. And in the Old Testament, before Jesus, um, the high priest would have to do all these sacrifices and rituals to be able to even enter that. Um, and, and a lot of times if they, if they missed one little thing, they could literally die just because of the power of the presence of God. And so because of what Jesus did, because the veil was torn, we now have access to that each and every day. Um, we now have access to the Holy Spirit, and um, whether that be in, y- in your personal quiet time with the Lord at home or driving in the car like we talked about or um, at work, um, we can always be in the presence of God, relying on his strength. Um, and I, so I'd, my final encouragement would be don't take that lightly, um, whether it's Sunday mornings or one of those other places that we recognize the beauty it is because of Jesus that we get to be together in the presence of God, um, worshiping for all that he's done. And the biggest thing is I know that we were talking about corporate worship, and I know that, that I mean, honestly, it's a subject matter that I, I love to talk about, so I could talk about it for quite a while. Um, we're not, we're not going to do that, though, today, right? <laughs> we will wrap up things. But the biggest thing that we wanted you to walk away with is this understanding that worship is a necessary part of a relationship with God. Um, it is a necessary part. And I, I, know, that, I know that sometimes, um, you know, kind of going back to the, like, personality types or whatever, sometimes people try to reason that, well, you know, this person is just, I don't know, they're, they're more engaged in that way, right? Or this person is more engaged in this way, right? And, and that, that's not really, that's not really 
that's not what God's word says. God's word just says that we should all engage in, in these ways. And at the same time, though, with that being said, I'm also not trying to create a burden for anybody or a, a feeling that you have to respond in a certain way. So when I was, when I was growing up, I, the church I attended had a really pretty wide response on how people engaged in, in worship, in corporate worship. And to be honest with you, as a, as a young man, as a teenager, I kind of would, I was, I was there and I was like, I don't know, I'm just wired, I, feel, I felt like I was wired up differently. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thinker, I'm a, I contemplate things. Um, and so my responses can be big, but I also engage my brain and I, I, I think a lot. I, I kind of, I'll take an idea and, um, and kind of, kind of uh, unpack it. There, sometimes you'll see this, um, when I'm leading worship, I'll turn around and look at the screen and it's not because I don't know the lyric. Um, it's because I'm turning around and I'm seeing that statement, like, oh, praise the one who paid my debt. You know, and I see a statement like that, and, I, and I, I think through that lyric. I'm like, man, what does that mean for me? Like, oh, praise the one who paid my debt, like my debt, not like ours, yes, but my debt, right? And so in that kind of growing up with, with, a, with a wide array of how people responded, I just I want to make sure that you're not walking out of here with a with a burden of I need to respond in this way. But worship is a natural response to our relationship with God. It's a natural response to things. And so I would encourage you to 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 really analyze this. Like think about how do you naturally respond to good news? How do you naturally respond to good things? How do you naturally respond in your conversations? with people, and then maybe let that inform how you could respond in corporate worship. Um, and if you find that, you, that you're the kind of person that's, that's fairly, fairly chill all the time, well then your response is like, don't, don't feel this burden that you have to respond with shouting, right? That may, that may completely like <laughs> wreck your day if you had to do that. Like don't feel like you have to respond in that way. But if you're the kind of person like me that when you find out about good news, your response is like, woo, right? Then it's possible that you, it could inform how you respond in corporate worship, right? And so anyway, so that was kind of the goal for today. I know it was a little bit of a different format. Um, Jeff, I, I didn't get a chance to say this in first service, but thank you for, for filling in today and, and all this. And, um, and hopefully this was helpful. And if you have any questions, we'll be here to, to answer those things and all like that. But uh, hopefully this informs how you respond to the Lord, both in service, but also um, when you're by yourself uh, and with your individual re relationship. Anyway, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for just all you've done. God, I, I personally thank you uh, for being personally encouraged by hearing your people sing. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. And... It is people in agreement um, declaring truth about who you are. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so, God, as we respond to you week in and week out and day to day and hour by hour, God, I pray that, that our responses to you would be authentic, our responses to you would be informed by your word, that our responses to you um, would be genuine. And, Lord, I do pray that, that as your people, that we would be able to cultivate in our hearts um, something that is rich and authentic and genuine. And, and God, we love you.
God, we thank you for today. We thank you for all that you're doing in each and one, every one of our lives. And we, we pray that you'll get all the glory and all the honor for everything that happened today. We love you, Lord. It's in your wonderful, holy name we pray. Everyone said, amen, amen. Well, church, we love you, and we will see you next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.